Thank you for this uh, time, for this opportunity. Thank you for this blessing of uh, talking about your word. Like always, please be you talking, not me. Please just use me as a vessel and talk to the people like you talk to me, like you edify myself, edify everyone here, and always thinking, being a doers of your word, so that way we can apply it, we can see your miracles in our life. Thank you always in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Okay, today uh, I know um, last week we talked about the dependency of God and we touched a little bit of the potential, right, uh, that we have from the creation of God. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about, correct me if I'm wrong, the cloak, 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 thank you. I have my daughter back there helping me. Cloak. Okay, so we're talking about the cloak today. And what I mentioned, the potential, because it's going to be a little bit a reference of, on that, because the cloak in the Old Testament, we saw that it was most likely used as a representation of the ministry. Okay? That's why I want to like to start talking uh, on 1 King 19.9. 1 King 19.9. It says, There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? What is a, a, a I always get confused with this word, cloak. What is a cloak? Cloak is a, is a long, loose um, garment, sleeveless, usually open at the front which covers from head to shoulder, also to feet, and is worn. As a cape, uh, we use it also on the top of other garments. So what is the purpose of the cloak? <laughs> um, covers um, the, the nakedness. So if we're going back to the creation when Adam, um, he saw, he, he sinned because he didn't follow the guidance from God, um, and also Eve, they start seeing the nakedness. That's the shame. That's the scene that they did on that moment. And they have to cover that. So the same representation is going to be for that. You have to cover the scene. But not just that. The cloak, you can use it for other, um, or it's representing different things. But I just want to talk about two things today. And the first one that I want to talk is the ministry one. Because I'm talking about Elijah and you will see over there the real, real representation of the ministry in the life of Elisha, through Elijah, okay? That's why when we see the story about Elijah in that specific uh, story uh, time in 1 Kings, it's talking about when Elijah killed those prophets that he was serving to another god. And then uh, Jezebel started planning with their prophets to kill Elijah. And that create an affray or fear to Elijah in order to kill him, right? And when Elijah create that fear, when I say create that fear, is because you see in the past that God is doing a lot of miracles to you. It can be a big miracle, it can be a small miracle, but it is the same thing. It's a miracle. 
and you will see a lot of big things from God. You will see fire coming from heaven. You will see a lot of miracles from God. And then you just hear that Jezebel have people ready to kill you, and now you have fear. And that's what I use the word creative, because you are responsible of the fear. You are responsible of not having fear or having fear, because you are the own leader or boss of your own decisions, of your own emotions. So you decide to have fear in your life. You follow me? Okay. Elijah decided that. And the story says that he went to a cave. When he, the, the meaning of cave, it means darkness in the original Hebrew. When you create that fear in your life because you're hearing stuff, you will get into the cave. The cave will stop you to accomplish the, the will of God. The cave will stop you and will bring darkness in your life. But who get into the cave? Yourself, myself, because I decide to do that. Because I decide to believe in what I'm hearing, not what, what the miracles God did with myself in the past. Again, God created the world. He did a lot of miracles. Elijah saw them. He experienced them. So he know, he feel what is the miracles of God in his life. But then when he hears something and he decides to be fear, then he get into the cave. That's why the first question that God is asking everyone here, including myself today, is what are you doing there? You're not supposed to be there. <laughs> We're supposed to be in God's will, which is outside the cave, and accomplish his plan. The plan why he created you. Why we are there? Because we decide to believe in those voices that stopping us to accomplish God's will. First King 9.13 says, When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth, uh, sorry, at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, again, this is the angel talking to Elijah, What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be there. After you see the miracles of God, after you see everything, the blessings from God, all the provisions, why you are here, why you are there in that cave. Before that, that verse, it says that the voice of God told him, go outside the cave. And then he saw a big wind, a strong wind breaking the mountains. And the word says that Jehovah wasn't there. He was, sorry, he wasn't the wind. And then he saw a big fire and says that the fire was in Jehovah, or God. But then he says that some small, simple, really peaceful um, wind, it passed through there, and God was there. Why is that? The same thing, the same concept. You are expecting a big miracle. You're expecting a big thing from God. Like a, like a that strong wind, you're expecting fire, you're expecting something 
whew, big. But no, God also has to, sometimes he's talking to you peaceful. Sometimes he's going to just be really soft to you, and he's going to speak to you, and he let you know really soft, I'm here with you. How Elijah went out of this situation. Again, 1 Kings 9.13 says, He pulled his cloak, cloak, whatever, over his face. So that's the way. You have to put it over your face. You have to cover. When you are in the cave, you have to put that. That's the ministry. The ministry that God gave you. The ministry that you have already. That's the ministry that you are responsible to do in your life right now here. That ministry is the one that you need to follow. That's the ministry that you need to put in front of you and start going forward. Ministry, what is a ministry? Ministry is like uh, being a teacher for, uh, for God, being a pastor, being an evangelist, being apostle, I don't know, whatever God puts in your heart. But not just that. You also have another responsibilities in your life. It doesn't have to be just serving in, in, in God's church. You have to do other stuff. And that's the thing that you need to follow. When you're not following God's will because that's the ministry that he put in your heart, then you're getting into the cave because you start hearing the voices from the enemy of our souls and start getting into the darkness because he wants to stop you. And that's what Elijah did. He put that over his face. 2 Kings um, 2.8, it says, Elijah took his cloak roll it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When he's talking about two of them, he's talking about Elijah and Elisha. So both of them. In this moment, Elijah he was teaching or giving the ministry to Elisha. That was before he w- he's going into the f- fire of car. Or Kyre fire? I don't know. <laughs> so the purpose of this is because I, I want to just tell you that when you have that ministry in your life and you double it, or how he says in this verse, roll it, when you roll it, it becomes strong. Imagine, um, I don't have anything here, but if I, if I have this, like a fabric, and then if I roll it up, the fabric becomes more strong, Right? The same thing with the ministry. You have to roll it up. You have to create it stronger. How? You have to take the ministry that you have yourself and get the ministry from her, get together, roll it up, get stronger, and then divide the waters. What is the waters? The waters are those, this, um, those problems, those situations that you have that is, stop, that is stopping you. You are in front of this lake, which is the Jordan, and you are over there and say, I need to go to the other side. How am I going to make it? I don't have any boat. Take the ministry. Roll it up. Hit the water. Water's going to open and you will start walking dry. <laughs> oh, man. So, what, what God is telling you is that you need to join your ministry with your, with your friend, with your family, with your relative over here at church. Get it together. That will become stronger. And then you will walk dry. 
Uh, also, another thing that it means in, uh, for the water, it means embarrassment, it means a problem that is going to stop you. It means, um, I don't know how to say this word, disturbance, right? I can say disturbance? Okay, thank you. It's something that is disturbing you in your head, that is telling you you're not enough to continue in that ministry, that you're not enough to accomplish it. Why? Because you're still thinking in the past. You're still thinking in the sin that you did in the past. But no, when Jesus Christ died for us, that all breaks up. That all's gone. That's how you can remove that water out of your life. You need to destroy that to give you that amplitude, to give you that big and expand in your life, to give you that authority, that position that you should be have. Because you have it. It's just that you need to believe it and move forward and do it in your life. The second thing that I like to talk about, uh, this one it was the first one, the, uh, the ministry. I want to talk about the justice. The cloak about the justice, which is from Jesus Christ. And now I'd like, I'd like you guys to go to uh, Matthew 9, 18, 23. Let me go there because I'm missing one verse from here. Okay. It says, While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will leave. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his clock. He said to herself, if I only touch his cloak... I will be healed. Just turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. And then the ten, uh, 23rd, that's just through the 22nd. The 23rd says, When Jesus entered the synagogue, leader house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. Okay. The justice of Jesus Christ. Again, this is a representation, right? I'm talk I talk already about ministry. Now I'm talking about the justice, which is through Jesus Christ. When he's talking about this story, I want you to pay attention to the 18, the first one. When the leader of the synagogue, Jairo, he said, but come and put your hand on her and she will leave. What is telling you? He's telling you that he have a really big faith. Because it didn't happen. He just saw her daughter over there die and he just believed. You say, if you go over there, just touch it and she will be alive or she leave. That's a big faith. Come on. You are just believing something that is not happened yet that is going to happen for sure. But then the second story is talking about this woman that has been subject of uh, sorry, subject to bleeding for 12 years. 
and I will go back to Jairo's uh, daughter. But the second story is about this woman. How many of us have been subject to something? Subject to any sin or to any other stuff that is not God's will. And we're still fighting on that. Anyway, we are here at church and we're still uh, serving Jesus Christ. We're still fighting with those stuff. We're still dealing with this, uh, those things. But this lady or this woman, it was subject for 12 years. Imagine that, 12 years. Nobody can touch her. She cannot touch anyone. She cannot um, serve in her house. She cannot make food to her kids. She cannot attend her husband. She can't do anything for 12 years. Maybe some of you are saying like, oh, that would be great. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, you know, she had that suffering in her life for 12 years. 12, it means, in the, in the Bible, it means government. That's a number for government. So that uh, being subject to the bleeding, it was governing her for 12 years. She was out, pay a lot of money to doctors. No one have any solution for her. She's in, desper in, in desperation right now. How many of us are being over there? And we don't know what to do. And here is showing you the same, the same thing that the leader of the synagogue say, faith. She say, if I just touch, if I just touch it, I know that I will be healed. That's faith. See, she's showing you that I don't, know, I don't need to do anything else. I just need to touch it, and I know that I will be healed. What I'm trying to tell you is that the justice from Jesus Christ, that he died for us, if you just believe in that, for sure you will be healed. For sure you will be safe. But you have to believe it. Let's go to really quick. It's not, it's not over there. It's not in the, in the screen. But you already know uh, the word in Hebrews 11, which is talking about the faith. It's talking about what is the condition that you need to have in order to show the faith to God. He says, now faith is confidence. In what we hope for. An assurance about what we do not see. So now the question it is, what is your confidence right now? Are you confident in what you're seeing? Are you confident in what you're not seeing yet? That is not in your physical eyes, in the natural eyes. Or are you really confident and trusting in what your eyes are not seeing right now at this moment? Because it's a spiritual eyes. Are you assured? Are you believing that you can be healed? Are you really believing that you can be safe? This woman believed in that. And the, the part of this verse that I want to make sure that we understand is when she say, if I just go behind him and touch the edge of the cloak, she say herself, if I just only touch it. If I just only touch it, I will be healed. 
and what she touched. It says here in verse 20, she touched the edge. But she say, if I only touch the cloak, but she touched just the edge. Why? Because in the um, story, or right now, they're still doing it. They have a cloak, uh, and they put some, um, how you say, yeah, the, the, the corners, the flesh, uh, flange, I think the flange. You put it in the corners, and that's the part that uh, right now the, the Jew, Jewish people, they put it over them, they pray. Um, right now uh, on the story, they use it, you know, to cover. They use it because they want to uh, cover their, uh, also to, for the wind, sorry, for the climate, climate for the weather to protect them. They also use it for baggage. They, also, they use it for different type of things. But right now, the one that she want to touch, it was just the one from Jesus Christ. But she touched just the edge, not the whole thing. That's telling you that your faith is telling, if I just touch this, I will be healed. But she just touched the edge, just the corner, and that healed her. If we're going right now to Mark 5.34, it says, He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. This is Jesus Christ talking to us. Go in peace and be freed or fret from your suffering. This is Jesus Christ saying to her, Your faith healed you. Sorry, this is going to sound weird. You guys know me already. I say, I say some, some things, but I will explain it. Don't be worried. It sounds like Jesus Christ he was telling her, I didn't heal you. You heal yourself because you believe in what you say. I don't, I'm not going to take out Jesus Christ's power. We know he has power, and the verse say that. Because he has people too close to him and everyone who was touching him. And he say, I feel power. I feel power when someone touched me. Because when you show God faith, he's feeling power from you because your faith is just believing in what he told you that you will become. Come on. So when you have that when you just touch that faith, God will feel power coming out from him because you really believe what you're not seeing with your natural eyes. You're believing what you will become in the future. Come on. <laughs> okay? So what, what, what he's telling you is that if you believe, you will be healed. Yeah, the power is going to be there. Jesus Christ have the power. God have the power. The Holy Spirit have the power. He will do it. But you have to believe. It has to be a combination. If you don't believe, if you don't trust, if you don't have faith, it might be going to make it harder to make it happen in your life. Mark 5.36, it says, Overheating what they say, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. Now we finish with the woman. She got healed. Now we're moving now to the daughter of Jairo or the leader of the synagogue. And when he went over there, he saw a lot of uh, commotion. He saw a lot of people crying. 
uh, verse 38 of Mark 5, it says, When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And, t- and now I want to tell you what is the things that is not let you believe. The first one, which is the same one from uh, Elijah, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid. And you might be saying, eh, it's not easy. I know it's not easy, because like I always say, we're living in this flesh, and uh, the soul, the spirit inside of us is fighting every day, and our souls is feeling, and then we're crying, and then we have a lot of commotion, and I feel scared because I have all the people under me that, is, that I'm responsible. And that's what you need to deal for. You need to deal and understand that you need to remove that fear out of you and just believe. Just believe what God already told about yourself. Number two, the commotion, the crying. We need to stop being too emotional. I'm not saying that crying is bad. You can cry. But you need to trust in God. You need to remove that fear. And that will not allow you to cry. Because when you cry in the negative way, it's showing God you're not capable to do this. I'm crying because I know everything's going to be bad in my life. Number three, wailing loudly, which is disturbance. Jesus Christ, when he went over there, he said, too many people here, too many people with commotion, negative environment. Take out everyone here. This is not going to happen like that. (laughs) I'm just paraphrasing. (laughs) Everyone out. And he just bring uh, the synagogue leader, the mom of the daughter, and then three disciples with him. And he say, everyone out, that environment, those three things are not going to make this daughter raised from the dead. When those three things getting out of the house, then the environment of believing, of faith, it was there. And when that environment is there, the daughter wake up. He said um, in Spanish, uh, I think it's the same in English, right? Talita kumi. Yeah, I tell you, get up. She get up. Easy. Because when you have that faith in your life, when you have that faith in your heart, and you start declaring that, it's going to happen in your life. But, let's be honest. God's God have a will, right? And sometimes when we declare things, sometimes we might be don't, don't see it, right? But your responsibility, my responsibility, is to believe it, have faith, and declare it. God know better what's going to happen after. I'm telling you this story. This is a testimony from a friend back in Puerto Rico. Um, he, was, uh, he was in church, then he decided to be a part of church, you know, get out of church and, you know, follow uh, the world and the scene and all those things. This is, uh, I, I always keep thinking about this, and God has some mysterious ways, right? Different mysterious path uh, that some people don't understand, I don't understand it, 
he knows. Anyway, the, th the story is that he, he was in church. He had a purpose with God. We know that. And then he was a, a, a worship leader. He was really good. But then, he, again, he decided to step out of uh, the church. And then he would start partying. And he, he was with a friend. And then, unfortunately, they killed that friend in front of him. But that wake up him. And that's the part that I, I yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but because that person that just died have a mom, have a dad, have maybe brothers, I don't know, have family. But I don't know, it's, it's really tough. But that person, the leader, the worship leader, he get that click when he had that experience and came back to church and serving God. And that's the, the ways that, you know, you and I, we, we cannot understand from God. Um, everyone have their purpose, everyone have their will, uh, sorry, their purpose, and then they have their own responsibilities. Uh, you have to decide if you want to follow God or not. I always say that we are not like uh, puppets. God is in the top of there managing everything. You have to show God something. You have to show God that you believe. You have to show God that you really trust in him, that you really trust in, in your father, in your creator, that you, you really want to move forward. You have to show God that you are, you know, doing the steps with him. And he will do it. He will follow you. He will also uh, show you the path, and he will also guide you to the right path. That's what happened. And thanks God... Um, this woman was healed. Jairo's uh, daughter also was uh, raised from the dead because they believe, they trust in God, and they declare that. Today, I want to make sure that we understand that we need to celebrate our blessings any way you're not seeing it right now. We need to celebrate, we need to pray, declaring our blessings any way they're not happening right now. Because you're showing the right attitude to God when you are applying those things. I want, I want to go to Deuteronomy 16.15. The Word of God says, For seven days... Celebrate the festival to the Lord your God. And the place the Lord will choose for the Lord your God will bless you in all your harvest and in all the work of your hands. And your joy will be complete. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, when you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. That's powerful. And it will be yours. So you are declaring something that is not happening yet, that you're not seeing it. And that's what I'm trying to tell you today. That's showing faith to God. God, I'm not seeing my 
grandparents, my parents being saved yet, but I'm declaring it. I have faith it's going to happen. I have faith that, it, that they will be safe. I have faith that they will be healed. I, I have faith that my coworkers are going to be healed. My coworkers are going to be safe. I'm believing in that. I'm declaring it. With, um, I, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but with the abundance in your heart, that's why your mouth are, is going to talk. So you have to, you need to have um, faith in your heart. You need to believe things is going to happen in your life. We need to stop uh, crying. We need to stop c- the commotion. We need to believe. We need to uh, remove that disturbance in our life. When in Mark 5.34 says, go in peace, when he sent the lady, the woman, and tell her, go in peace, your faith heal you. You will see a lot of verse on the gospel that it says, your faith heal you, your, fa- your faith uh, save you. Because Jesus Christ was trying to tell the people and us right now, I need to work out here with you. I need you to show me your faith and I will go with you. And the peace is going with you. How many times we're asking God, give me peace. I need peace because I have this situation, this problem. And the really definition of that word in the Greek is going to be unity. It's going to be prosperity. And don't get confused with the prosperity. Prosperity is mean that you, you will have peace in your life. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about inside of you. When you are prosper inside of you, there's nothing bothering you. There's nothing attacking you because you are believing in God. You have faith. And that's the unity that you are creating with God right now, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that will give you prosperity. You will go over every single day. God is with me. I win this fight. The fight that I have right now, that's prosperity. And that's what we need to understand. Celebrate your blessings. Celebrate your victory. Celebrate your healing. Celebrate it. Your, um, your deliverance before you see it manifested. Don't worry to see it manifested and then celebrate it. Celebrate it right now when you're not seeing it. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God, what it says? It's over there, right? Prepare in what? In advance for us to do. <laughs> he already prepared in advance. You're not seeing it yet, but you will. Just believe in that word. Stand up in that word. Walk in that word, and you will see it. He already prepared it a long time ago. So start living in the future in this past, or this present, let's be. Start living your future right now. Do it. Believe it. Celebrate the harvest you don't have right now, and you will have a harvest to celebrate. This is the really attitude that you need to have to show God that you are a child of, the, of his kingdom. Live in the perfect time of what is already finished, what is already completed, a shift. The salvation of God 
the work of the Messiah is already completed. Finish. Live in that perfection. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Praise the Lord always. Just live in that perfection. He already did it for you and for me. Let's just live in that. Believe in that. He saved us. He did it. Why we have to sometimes, and I'm including myself, because everyone here have their own battles. I have my battles. I have my situations. And I just try to walk uh, or be a doer of this word so that way I can have the peace that I need and keep moving forward. But you know what is the problem? Or not a problem, I can say a blessing because it's edifying myself. It's going to be that tomorrow I will have a different battle, a different situation, a new one, because I already win the, the other one. Let me go to the next one. That's building me. Building me to that perfection that God wants from you, that he already prepared in advance. That's the God perfection. Start living on that. Start living and believing in Jesus Christ, what he did for you, and what God prepared for you. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this word. Thank you. I really appreciate that you bless us through this word. I worship you. I praise you. Bless us. Continue blessing us. Everyone here have their own situations. Please continue helping them, showing them what is the path, what is the route, what is the, the way, what is the decisions that they need to make in order to be in your will. Please, Lord, I know the enemy attack us, but we believe in you, we believe in your word, we believe in that we have that cloak in our life, and we applying it, we're using it, like Jesus Christ living on us when he left. Like Elijah, when he left, he leave it to Elijah. We are using it right now. Believing in the justice of Jesus Christ. Believing that we are winning the victory that you already give, gave us. We already are winners. We already are victorious. We are winning right now in the name of Jesus. We are celebrating any way we are not seeing it in our natural eyes. Thank you, Lord. I rebuke any plan of the enemy. I declare that the enemy doesn't have any part with us, and I declare that we are free, like Jesus Christ already did in that perfection when he died for us and, and the resurrection. We apply that in our life, and we declare blessings in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. <laughs>